Health. It's Miss Brett. I'm the owner of Yoga Jamboree, and you have stumbled upon my podcast. I couldn't be more thrilled that you are listening. What an epic adventure this will be. I'm a teacher by nature. I have a big, loud voice, and I can command the attention of a room whether you like it or not. My energy is big, and so is my hair. My favorite thing to teach is yoga. I started my yoga journey after many recommendations by my orthopedic surgeon. You see, when I was 15, I had two rods put in my spine to correct scoliosis. My sister brought me to a vinyasa studio when we lived in Charleston, South Carolina in our early 20s. All I remember is that someone farted and it was hard to hold in my laughter. And then my body was so physically tight and my mind was running 100 miles a minute. It would be a year before I tried again, this time stumbling into a hot yoga studio when I washed up on the shores of Cape Cod, Massachusetts. The heat was intense and the class seemed impossible, yet I knew this was going to help me, and I am so thankful I stuck around. The heat became part of my own long-term physical therapy journey. But you know how yoga do. Here I am thinking I am healing my physical body, yet yoga is actually doing positive ninja stuff to my mind. Oh, yoga, you little trickster. So full of benefits for both your mind and your body, making things work together, making your health function optimally. I was sold. I saw a huge benefit in the regulation of my mood. My skin and hair never looked better. People are all jacked up on endorphins at the studio, so everyone is kind and typically laughing, and you know I love to be around anyone who is laughing. Laughing is my favorite. I worked at a special needs boarding school for most of my 20s. Yoga became a staple in my own self-care routine to be able to work with the kids and give them the very best of me. The students at the school had complex cognitive disabilities such as autism, anxiety-based learning disorders, ADHD, Down syndrome, and other developmental delays. These students taught me so much about life. We all know that the very best way to learn is immersion, and when I was in my early 20s, I was lucky enough to get to live in the dorm with the students and help them through life. We laughed together, cried together, and they taught me what was important and what real challenges look like. As the world kept turning, I spent a summer not working at the school and getting certified to teach yoga. It broke my brain and changed my life. Upon returning to the school in the fall, I knew that everything I've learned about yoga, meditation, and mindfulness was going to change the game for the students I worked with. I couldn't think of anything more important than tools for self-regulation. You see, these kids were brilliant. They were smart and funny and kind, yet a lot of their struggles stemmed from dysregulation. I had never been so sure that wellness had to be our focus and then we would build out from there. Exercise, nutrition, being in nature, dancing, happiness, connection, etc. Learning how to put ourselves in a good state, therefore becoming ready to learn, listen, and thrive. I spent the whole last year I worked there getting to work with a team of people at the school, all wanting to expand wellness across the board for our community. I continued to say I wanted to grow. I wanted to do more yoga and wellness-based things. We raised money for the wellness program at the Fancy Pants Black Tie Gala. I got to be part of creating something beautiful for the students I loved so much. At the end of the year, I got to apply for the wellness job that now had been created from this team's effort. I was so happy. It was ridiculous. I felt like there was space being created for me to be impactful. So I go in and interview. My brain spends all summer creating ways I can help the school. They say I will get a call for a second interview and I never hear from anyone again. No second interview. Just silence for the rest of the summer. The week before school starts, I email the head of school. 
He replies with a biography of a guy they hired from the YMCA. One of the board families found him, and so it was decided. Cool, man. I worked so hard for you guys for nine years, and you just donkey punch me via email? Don't bother calling or anything. To make matters even more, Brittany, I received that email the morning of a wedding of two of my coworkers. So now two hours later, I'm in a dress and face-to-face -face with all my work friends. At the wedding, I plopped down at the table in a puddle of my own sorrow, victim jamboree parade style. My work partner, the guy that had been my teammate at work for the last couple of years, his wife plops down next to me and says, oh, are you sad because you and James don't get to work together this year? And I felt my body stiffen. I didn't know this information. I wasn't supposed to know this information yet. And now I'm processing this information while the cha-cha slide blares in the background. So now I don't get to do wellness. I get separated from my work team. They have decided that there's no place for me to grow. I must do the same job. I was like, what did I do to this place? Did I kick someone's baby? Someone informed me that in the supervisor team meeting, someone shared that Brit needs to be humbled. Well, congratulations, leadership. Your strategy worked. You broke my heart. Spoiler alert, you could never break my spirit. That's the best and most annoying quality about me. But on that day, I'm just sad. I sneak out into the parking lot and listen to the sound of the wedding in the distance and just cry in my Jeep like I'm dying. It's not my finest day. The funny part is I genuinely laugh and kind of want to go back and hug that girl. Tell her, dude, these are all gifts. Nothing is happening to you. Everything is happening for you. But I wasn't there yet. I was just sad. And that's okay, too. Pouting like this school had to give me this job in order for me to teach kids what I wanted to teach them. Oh, please, see that I'm great. See that I'm passionate. Oh, pretty, please validate me. Or how about, wait a minute, changing schools from the inside and their programming is like moving a ship with your hands. Schools stifle creativity like, whoa, especially to my ADHD homies. You hate meetings, Brittany, that waste time. You want to be actually working with the kids. You don't like wasting time reading emails from coworkers who email these great ideas to look good in front of their boss but never actually do any of those things. You know who you are. This is not proof that you suck, Britt. It's just not your path. This is it. This is your sign. Stop looking for someone else to think you are great and realize that you are. And that you've always wanted to do your own thing. ADHD is indeed the entrepreneur's disease. Yet we know that ADHD friends can't be told what to do. They have to be passionate about their business. They have to love it to find that state of manic, hyper-focus, and flow. Good news. I love yoga. The deep voice inside says, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a yoga teacher. It says it once, it says it twice, it says it every morning. This group of people doesn't get to decide what you are. These people aren't being mean to you, they're just busy. And the universe is listening. You are shouting out loud that you want to grow. It's not their job to grant you your wishes. It's your job to realize when it's time to let go. To Then to wrap my answer in a bow of what I should do next... I get to talk on the phone with the dude that they hired. In the spirit of wanting to be involved with wellness at the school, because helping students is always my ultimate goal, 
we set up a phone time to talk. I email him our wellness notes for the whole year. I send him everything I've made, challenge ideas, excessive amounts of things. I give him a long-winded detail explanation of the wellness challenge I'd like to run for September. Since he wouldn't be starting the job until October, the head of school said I could start the year by running a wellness challenge. This guy listens. We get off the phone. He contacts the head of school and asks that I do not do the wellness challenge, that he needs to come in and make it his own. Fair enough. I got off the phone, looked up at the sky, and was like, okay, okay, I get it. I'll leave. Stop punching me, universe. He is not the first guy who's been turned off by my intensity and threatened. Maybe not threatened. Maybe just like, I don't want to deal with you, and that's okay too. The universe has spoken. And to, you know, to know that I am kind of right, though, I did meet him in person and it confirmed all my suspicions that he wanted nothing to do with me and my intensity. Believe me, I'm a child of an alcoholic. I have all the dark gifts. I am great at reading body language and energy, what have you. This guy's first order of business was to smile and nod at me and then lose my email. And that's exactly what he did. So I parted ways with the place I love. The job that I'd had my entire adult life thus far, which is terribly hard for me. You know, as I stated before, child of an alcoholic, I want to please. I want everyone to like me. I want to cling to everything because I'm waiting for the bottom to drop out. You know, classic stuff like that. Well, I'm not that person anymore, but we're still talking about adorable human Brit from the past. She didn't know any better. She was doing the best she could with the skills she had at the time. The universe always talks to me very loudly. It was probably about time I started listening. Time to build something of my own. Time to follow the knowing in my heart. Time to, be, time to risk being seen in all of my glory. It was that day that I started to see myself as a yoga teacher. Not a part-time gig. Not worried about if people would understand. Not phased by kind people who would say cautionary things like, you know it's hard to be a full-time yoga teacher, Brit, to make enough money to support your family, etc., etc., insert fear disguised as practicality. I love you. But thanks, but no thanks to your fear. Take your fear and kindly go. I'm not worried about the abundance. The abundance is here. It's coming. It's raining down. Hashtag abundance dance. Oh, I like that one. The only thing I'm worried about is how much I'll have to stretch before I do my I told you so dance in front of those people because it's going to work because this is what I'm supposed to do not supposed to do this is what I get to do because I know one thing is for sure this is who I get to be this is who I am I am so thankful for everything I learned in the school but I knew it wasn't the environment for me to be creative in the way I wanted to be I didn't need to be in a place where I constantly had to ask permission to create great things for kids. Then spend so much time convincing board members and administration why is it important when I could be using that time to actually work with the kids. Stay here and hustle for your worthiness and help 300 people if they will let you. Careful, Brit. Be very humble. Or let go and help all the kids everywhere. I knew it was more important for me to be clear on what I was doing. Then any school, childcare center, parent, studio who are aligned will just find me. The mission became crystal clear. Yoga Jamboree is on a mission to support kids in developing a healthy set of tools to be able to regulate their emotions and manage stress. 
building connections, confidence, and a growth mindset through yoga, meditation, workshops, and other various jamborees. Empowering a healthy, happier world by helping our youth build solid, resilient foundations of who they are. Boom. Mission statement style. Love it. Live it. Yes, I jumped. Or maybe the universe kicked me in the shin until I moved. But either way, all the right people started to show up. Better mentors, new places to learn from, inspiring humans, investors, supporters, the money, the love, the schools, the kids, dogs, what have you. I'm thankful for the school. Don't let that story misconstrue my love for that place and so many humans who still work there. Please understand that decade I spent there was essential so that I can do what I do today. I just like that story because it's such a good example about something Abraham Hicks always talks about. When I was working at the school, I was always pushing. I was always trying. I was always passionately, forcefully determined to make things happen, to prove my worthiness to be able to do that job or to be picked by someone else. My heart had the right idea. Wellness is the bomb. But trying to force what I wanted to happen and then being furious when everyone doesn't act accordingly, that's not the road to a a success. That's paddling upstream. Then at the end of the story, when I let go and was like, I think I'm supposed to teach kids yoga. I think that's supposed to be my job. I don't need other people to understand. I'm just going to flow downstream and see what happens. And oh, did it happen? Fast forward a year and now I'm standing on stage in front of 800 high schoolers and faculty talking about I am statements, yoga, meditation, nutrition, sleep, exercise, support, and gratitude. All of my favorite things. I am not nervous as I walk on stage. I feel a wave of elation as I hold up the microphone. The humblers would be so annoyed with my cool confidence and I love it. This is my first time speaking in front of so many people and I am ready. I can feel waves coming off my body. I smile and know it's just the beginning. I love that people told me I couldn't call it yoga when I talk in schools or that they weren't going to ever let me teach yoga in schools. Public service announcement. I don't teach mindful stretching. I teach yoga. I've gone into schools and talked to extremely educated leaders and had the following conversation. They say something like, this is great, Britt. We're so happy to have you. But we will probably have to call it something like mindful stretching and the meditation mindful moments. And I pause and counter with, okay, so I teach yoga. You know I teach yoga. You would like me to come teach yoga. You are an extremely educated human and your entire team agrees this is a good idea. But we will call it something different in case we need to trick uneducated people who still believe this is religion. I mean, they definitely should have the option to not attend my class if their family feels uncomfortable with any of it. That is just, we, that's, we know that. But I don't try and trick people anymore. Being intentional is important. This lady was unsure if she should laugh, slap me, or kiss me. So I picked up her mouth off the ground and I smiled. I do 100% understand what she's talking about. I just want to be very clear about what I'm doing and I want to live in 2020. Where yoga can be available to students and schools 
and never mandatory for any students to take, but available for those who need it, enjoy it, or it's a great tool to add to their learning experience. You can also send me those families so I can be very clear with them as to what I'm doing with their five-year-old. I have multiple PowerPoint presentations. I will sing them a song if I have to. By the end, they will either want to murder me or fall in love with me. Those are really the only two typical responses I get from humans. Because to be clear, when I walk into preschool, this is what I'm doing. Creating body awareness. Building confidence through movement. Introducing kids to their respiratory system. Using movement and fun to create blood flow throughout the body and especially to the brain. Hopefully helping kids be able to relax and listen to reading or the next academic piece to their day post-class. Working on fine motor skills and balance. Learning to speak in front of a group. Self-respect. And mostly planting seeds. Creating a positive fun association with yoga and meditation. Therefore... Creating a world where they are more open to trying to use these tools as they get older and develop and life becomes far more complicated. Oh, and of course, I'm always doing freeze dance. And if you don't know what freeze dance is, man, you better stick around. You have so much to learn. But no, I don't teach mindful stretching. I teach yoga and I am proud of that. I know it helps people because I've had a front row seat to people bettering themselves every day. One interesting thing I've come across is that people aren't quite sure what I'm doing with the kids since, of course, a kid's yoga class is developmentally different than an adult yoga class. So typically they have to experience it to understand. But I figured at least this podcast could help us dive a little bit deeper into what yoga and meditation truly and scientifically are and why they're helpful tools for our children. Now, you see, I do far too much talking. I figured it was time for me to learn how to listen. Better late than never. But seriously, I'm a yoga teacher. I love it. I live it. I breathe it. But I am not your kid's counselor. I am not their pediatrician. And I never claim to be. But what I wanted to do on this podcast is start to talk to some of those people in these occupations and hear about what they have experienced with the effects of yoga, mindfulness, meditation on themselves and the children they work with. So in this series, I get to sit down with a pediatrician, phys ed teacher, nurse practitioner, child psychologist, professional athlete, early education administrator, special needs director, motivational speaker, and this is just the beginning. To talk about the benefits of our kids growing up with emotional awareness, body positivity, and healthy coping tools. Yes, it's time for me to listen. These people know what's up, and I cannot wait to learn from them. All right, close your eyes and put your two hands up. Do this, do it. I don't care if you feel weird, just do it. Close your eyes, put your two hands up. Only don't do this if you're driving. Everyone else, pay attention. Wiggle your fingers. If you feel weird, wiggle your fingers faster. Okay, put your hands together and rub them together. Rub your hands together. Rub, 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 rub. Rub your hands, rub your hands, rub your hands. Do you feel them getting warmer? Okay, so we agree you can make energy with your body. All right, one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart. Deep breath in your nose. Deep breath out your mouth. Say, I am ready. Did you say it out loud? Say it out loud. Say it proud. Get comfortable saying I am statements out loud or you're not going to be able to hang. Say, I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. Get comfortable. Say it out loud. Watch the magic unfold.
because what you believe you become. You don't believe me? Why do you think rappers ball out every night they're on stage saying, I'm the man, I'm the best, I'm tough, and I'm cool and super fly? (laughs) Is that how rapping goes? I think that's right. No, they say things like, all the pretty ladies like to kiss me. I guess that's the G-rated version, but we'll go with that. But I mean, come on. Do you really think all these girls would be kissing Lil Wayne if he wasn't yelling that every night and making it rain crunk abundance? Ugh, you see? Okay, I'll give you another example. I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali said, I am the greatest. I am the greatest. And guess what? He became the greatest. To do anything, first you have to believe in yourself. Even when the humblers tell you to get small, you have to learn from that experience, take the lessons, and grow. I grow every day. It's my superpower. I thrive in being different. I've learned to let go of people who didn't believe in me with love and gratitude because I get to believe in myself. I also get to teach kids to believe in themselves. What a wonderful world. I didn't invent or discover any of this stuff. Yoga, meditation, mindfulness. Successful people have always known about these tools all along. Phil Jackson coaching the 90s championship Michael Jordan Bulls had that team meditating before every game. Jerry Seinfeld skipped lunch and meditated every single day he ever worked on and created the show Seinfeld. Success leaves clues, people. So we know this stuff is good for our brain. Now, how do we work together to give these tools to our kids? To help them build an emotional toolkit because life is hard. There's no reason to shield them from it. That just leaves them very unprepared. Teach them that we can do hard things. Because we know we can. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh my gosh, let's get talking. I love you big and deep and long and weird. So subscribe to the podcast. Follow Kids Yoga Jamboree on Facebook and Instagram. But more importantly, move your body eat green vegetables, get some sleep, always be brave enough to try again. My name is Brett. I'm here to stay. I love you all. Namaste. Stay tuned. Good things are coming. Love you.